Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. But uh, I do want to speak uh, of this new series, and I've entitled it Lord of the Harvest. Lord of the Harvest. And um, Jesus is the Lord of the Harvest. Jesus Christ is Lord of the Harvest. I want to read a few passages, uh, and you will recognize these passages. And I just, in reading these, I want you to know that nothing has changed for us as believers. Nothing has changed regarding this commissioning that the Lord would commission us, whether it was 2,000 years ago or whether it is for today. There's a commissioning. And the commissioning is, is basically being given a an order, a command, a mandate of something, a mission that we have to do. And uh, it's a commissioning or commissioning because it is not from us that this is brought or, or given. It is from the Lord and the Lord is with us in the mission. So there is a co-mission that needs to be accomplished in Matthew chapter 9, we, we see the heart of God and we see the Lord's heart for those that don't know him. So Matthew 9, 35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So Jesus is the Lord of the harvest, and he is overseeing this harvest that needs to come in. And so... 2,000 years ago, as he began his ministry, if you continue on in the next verse, there's a listing of the 12 disciples that he called to follow him to say, hey, I want for you to be a part of the, this mission that I have, that people will come to know me as Savior and Lord in their life. How many of you are glad today that Jesus is your Savior and Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's, yeah, let's give him a shout. Let's give him praise. Let's give him a clap offering this morning. Hallelujah. I thank God. I thank God that I was saved at a very young age. And that the bulk of my life, at this point, it would be like almost 90% of my life I knew Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so, man, did he spare a lot of grief and heartache from living apart from him because I was living with him. Not because I'm so, so good, but because he is so good. Not because I have the strength, but he has the strength. Not because I know everything. It's because he knows everything. And so I'm with him, and he's saved me, and he's brought me to a place of salvation from my sins. Hallelujah. So as soon as he began ministry, there was an including of others to be a part of taking in the harvest. And so in chapter 10, verse 1, already he's, he called his disciples, his 12, and he gives them walking orders. He gives them this mission. He says, I'm going to be with you. In Luke chapter 10, and I just want you to know that nothing has changed regarding this commissioning for us as believers. Matthew, sorry, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Oh, just going back to uh, Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power 
over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. May I say this? Nothing has changed. When we are saved, we have power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. The moment we're saved. As we believe in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did for us. And in Jesus' name, those that believe in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Some might say, well, I was just for the 12. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So that was, there was an expanding. There was an expanding of the mission and the commission that it would include more than just the 12, that it, there would be now another 70 added to that. Before the Lord left this planet, this mission was given to us as well of bringing in a harvest. Then the 11 disciples, and this is Matthew 28, verse 16, the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. It's like, okay. Doubted. The fact that he is Lord, or they weren't quite sure. I know Thomas, we know Thomas doubted unless he saw him. Maybe they were doubting the fact, does he have all authority? Yet he had just risen from the dead. They saw him crucified, and yet here they are seeing him alive. They worshiped him, some doubted. I pray that we're not in that place of, God, I, I, I'm not sure I can trust you. But that you would be in the place, even if you do doubt. I like the fact that the next set of uh, verses, even for those that are doubting, he's saying, do this. Do this. I want to be with you, whether, whether you doubt or not. Because sometimes we say, Lord, are you, are you truly with me? When, I, when I'm maybe unctioned to speak to somebody, Lord, are you going to be with me? Lord, can I handle it? Am I going to be able to speak what I need to speak? Am I going to be able to say what I need to say? Lord is saying, I'm going to be with you. This is what I want you to do. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. It's the last verse in the gospel of Matthew is a commissioning to say, hey, do this. Aren't you glad that you heard the gospel? I don't know where it is that you heard the gospel. I don't know who shared it with you. But I thank God that the Holy Spirit was already going before and was preparing your heart to receive the opportunity even just to hear the gospel, but opening your heart that you would receive the gospel. You have choice. Absolutely, you have choice. And you made the right decision to say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me on that cross 2,000 years ago and come into my life. And there was a transformation that took place within you the moment you believed, because I know that's what happened to me as a seven-year-old boy. There was an instant Supernatural 
thing that took place in me spiritually as I was born, not just of biological parents, but I was born of God, born again. And I thank God for that because there was a change that took place within me to be alive spiritually and to be alive forever. And I thank God for my mom and dad for leading me to, to the Lord Jesus so long ago. The most important decision that I made in my life by far. It's impacted every aspect for good in my entire life. I say, thank you, Lord. We need to let others have a chance for life on this side of heaven and life eternal. We need to give them the chance. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is about souls. We're not talking about a farmer taking in a harvest of grains or fruits or whatever it may be. It is a harvest of souls. You might say, who am I and what can I do? I don't know if I can do anything. I think, you know, I got to be like a, a pastor or evangelist or something if I can lead others to Christ. Let me just read a story to you. One person, one person gets saved. One person gets saved and watch what happens. This is John 4, 27. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Back then, it was like there is a distinction between men and women, and especially this woman who was a Samaritan. She was not a pure Jew, mixed blood. Samaritans, won't have it. we don't have anything to do with those that are not Jews. And they marveled, the disciples marveled that Jesus would talk to this person, a Samaritan, and a woman. And let me just say about this woman. Jesus asked, well, hey, where's your husband? As he was at the well and wanting something to drink. It's like, I need something to drink. I need some cold water. And he says, even as he would, she would give him water, I want to give you water that you will never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. She says, I want that water. I want some of that. Where's your husband? He's not, uh, I'm not with him. He's not around. Jesus got right to the point. You've spoken correctly. Yeah, you don't have a husband anymore. In fact, you've had five already, five husbands. And the one with, that you're with now is not your husband. Now that's, that's quite an interesting conversation. Jesus didn't beat around the bush regarding what would separate us from life. Sin separates us from life. Not what we consider sin, but what he considers sins or sin. But listen. Listen what happened here. As he spoke with her, she recognized that he was more than just a prophet, but that she could have life in and through Jesus Christ. And there was a salvation that took place with this conversation. Being apart from God, 
and being born of God in a very short period of time. As Jesus offered life to her. And the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Now this is how important the harvest was to him. So he's talking about food. How many of you at this point in time, uh, is your stump, stomach grumbling at this point? Or you had breakfast? Right, so I, I'm, I'm not one that usually eats breakfast. Like it happens very rarely that I eat a breakfast. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But I know that if we miss a breakfast or if the, if the, the pastor or preacher is speaking too long, uh, your stomach starts to grumble a little bit. I, I want to eat. Uh, we don't want to miss a meal or we, we recognize our body's telling us, I need to eat. It's important that we eat. We need to eat. I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's as important as food is for our sustenance and our, the sustaining of our lives. To do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work is worth more than food to us or should be worth more than food to us. To do his will, the will of the Father who sent Jesus to finish the will of the Father before he would leave this planet. Do you, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. So even if it's springtime, I'll say it's another four months or so before the harvest is taken in. The Lord is saying the harvest is ripe now. It is white. We're talking a harvest of souls. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. There's this aspect of teamwork. One sows, one reaps. There's some watering in the middle. But he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. The harvest is ripe. For in this, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I have sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. So the work of the harvest being ripe, it is already ripe. And there are people that have already sown into those that should be taken in because the harvest is ripe. What a waste to have a harvest or to, to sow and the, the, the harvest is ready and it's not taken in. The Lord desires for us to take in a harvest of souls. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. She got saved that day. She gave her life to the Lord that day, and she went immediately and said, hey, listen, you need to meet this man. Could he be the Christ? She knew. Maybe that question mark that might have caused for there to be some curiosity. What? The Christ? The Messiah? Really? You know, one day, 
you and I will have an opportunity to speak with this woman. And for her to tell us what happened on that day. In fact, we will be able and we'll meet the people that got saved that day because of that woman. It says, so when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him. And he stayed there two days, not just one day, but a second day. It was almost like he's ready, ready to leave the first day. They said, no, 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 no. We need to go. Let, let's bring our parents, our, our brothers, our sisters, our children. We need to bring them because they need to hear from you. Praise God. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own word, the word of Jesus Christ to them. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Don't say who am I? Can I lead someone else to Jesus? If you've given your life to Jesus, you can lead someone else to Him. You could bring somebody to Jesus. This is what happened to me. This is where I was. This is where I was, just like this woman. He told me the things that nobody else knows. The things of darkness, the things of, of suffering and pain. In relationship, who knows why she went from one man to the next? I don't know. Maybe it was the, the guys that she was with. Maybe they were, I don't know, maybe they were abusive. Who knows? But we can say, this is where I was at, but then I met Jesus. This is what was told to me. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me explain it to you. And this is where I am now. You need Jesus. Listen, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. There are people ready to come to the Lord. Hallelujah. One person gets saved and many come to Jesus the same day and many more the next. Can you imagine... If we interact with others to this extent, we're talking life now and for all eternity. Here's the amazing thing. Because oftentimes I say, well, I'm the person that will do the saving. I'm gonna, I need to save this person or that person. But when you think of the farmer, the farmer has no problem believing in the harvest. The farmer doesn't say as he takes the, the seed that needs to be sown in the field, he doesn't look at the seed and say, ah, you know what, I know the last number of years of my life and the season, I, every time I, I, I sowed the seed, there was, it came up. But I don't know, maybe this, this year I don't think so. The farmer does ha has no doubt there is an expectation as he sows the seed that there's the seed will go into the soil and the soil will bring forth these plants from that one seed, even as, as it is watered. And from one seed, there are many seeds that can be grown or are grown. There's a multiplying that takes place from one seed. This thing of life that comes to that person and the life that can come to others just from one seed, like this woman, this woman at the well, because of her, how many in her village got saved? We'll find out one day. We'll meet them. 
the expectation of the farmer. He does not doubt the seed. He doesn't doubt the soil. And he does not doubt the harvest that it's going to come. It, it will happen. Listen, don't doubt the gospel. Share the gospel. Share it. Let it be watered. And let the Lord bring an increase of life. Share the gospel. It's the Lord God that brings the increase. It's the, the Lord God that does the work, even as we sow the seed of the gospel. Someone else may water it, or you might water it. Someone else may water it. The harvest, for that harvest to come in, is that when that person is saved, is taking in the harvest then. So, part of it is preparing. I need to get ready. Part of it is getting out the tools, sharpening the tools, getting organized, getting ready, having the manpower to take in the harvest. I can remember, only happened once to a larger extent, but it, has anybody ever been around during the the season when they have to bring in the hay for the for the, the cattle or the cows or whatever. They have to bring in the hay. And so there's these these bales of hay hay. In the old back forty, fifty years ago, uh, they didn't have the big round bales that they have now. They had the the rectangular blocks. And each, each one weighed about, I don't know, 70, 75 pounds, about 35 or so kilograms. And I can remember one day, and I was probably in my mid-teens, around, I don't know, maybe 15. So as a, a, a teenager, it's like, okay, we're, you're, you're feeling like I can do this. I'm not an old man, I'm a young teenager, and a 15-year-old is, uh, a lot of 15-year-olds are fairly strong individuals. And I can remember that day, my, uh, my aunt was from a farm, she had married already, but they needed help. They needed help to bring in the bales. And I can remember, so there was a call that went out, hey, can you help during this, this harvest? And it was like, I don't know how many hours we worked, but it was, I can remember the machine shooting the bale up onto the wagon, and then it was a matter of taking those bales and organizing them so they're not just thrown all over the place so that, that the wagon would be filled. And so I can remember putting all the bales, there was a few of us on the wagon and we're sorting or putting them in, in order to occupy the most amount of space uh, that's on that wagon. And it's like the sun is shining and it was hot. And it's like some of the dust already flying around from, from the bales. And it's like, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. It's hard work at times. It's sometimes there's a calling, hey, let's bring in the harvest. The Lord is saying, you know what? The harvest is so extensive. Souls are ready to be harvested. And so we need to be prepared to take in that harvest. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5, it says, Who then is Paul, as Paul writes, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So that neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives increase. We just have to sow the seed. We just have to water. And the Lord will give the increase. The Lord will give the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We work together. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. The greatest work that we can do, the greatest labor that we can labor is the labor 
of bringing a soul to the Lord. Bringing one soul to the Lord. Have you been a part of bringing somebody to the Lord? Have you been a part, have you led somebody to Jesus? This last week, wasn't expecting it, but there was a tag teaming, okay? There was a tag teaming this last week to see one person saved. One of the most exciting things is to see somebody get saved. One of the most exciting things is to see somebody recognizing that they're, they're in right place and right standing with God. They have new life. I just say thank you, Lord. We can bring them to church to say let them hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, we need to go out. The harvest is out there. And we need to go out and we need to bring them to the Lord. And even as we would share the gospel, even as we would share of Jesus Christ, there is a response that will take place. It may not happen on the same day, but we share Jesus with them and we water it with the love of the Holy Spirit through us. I believe the harvest that is still to be taken in is so extensive. You know because you have people that you care about and you love that don't know the Lord or have wandered away from the Lord. They need Jesus. Just a few things here. The harvest is valuable. The harvest is of souls. Who? My friend? My neighbor? My coworker? Person I spend maybe more time than anybody else. God did not put you where you are in your work by chance. Lord, I'm going to minister one way or another in who I am, and I will be prepared to share at the appropriate time about your love. Because the people that we work with, God does not put us together with them by chance, but that we would be able to minister to them. Our own family, of course, if they don't know the Lord, maybe you are the only one that has come to Jesus Christ in your family. The Lord saved you, and he desires to see your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives saved. Will they notice a change in you? Oh, yeah. Will they test that change? Oh, yeah. Will they come against you, perhaps? Probably. you have life that you would give it to them give them the opportunity to have life because the harvest is valuable in Romans 5 verses 6 to 11 there's three groups of people that are mentioned I would say the good the bad and the ugly the good the bad and the ugly The good. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So here, we don't, don't even have the strength to get into right standing with God, and we're trying whatever we can to be a good person. There are so many good people out there. They're good people. And you recognize it, and you recognize they're trying to be good people. And sometimes you say, man, they're, they're better than I am. When it comes to their behavior, who they are, what they do, 
but there is no strength to get them out of their situation. They don't have the strength, they don't have the capability to get out of where they are at in trespasses and sins, and they are dead in trespass and sins. Man, if you only sinned a hundred times in your life, you would be a really good person. Like for me, that would be like once or twice or twice a year. Mind you, over the course of 50 years, a hundred times. I would be a really good person. How many times have we sinned with the attempt of being a good person without the Lord? We can't do it. We need Jesus. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We are trying to be good. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the bad. The good, the bad, the ugly. For the sinner. You say, you know what? Yeah, that, that's, that's maybe more along the lines where I am, I'm at. Or I was, I was at. And so there's this thing of, am I worthy? Am I worthy to make it to heaven? I've had people, when I've shared the gospel, say, I'm a good person. And they are. I've mentioned this man's name a few times, Ray Comfort. He lives in California, and he's often out on the streets witnessing. And his method is to use the moral law the Ten Commandments. And he always starts off after connecting with an individual. Can I ask you a few questions? How many times have you lied? Have you lied before? Yeah, I've lied. What do you call a person that lies? A liar. How many times have you stolen? Have you stolen? Yeah, I've stolen before. What do you call someone that steals? A thief. Yeah, a thief. You're not just a thief, you're a lying thief. How many times have you, it says in the New Testament, Jesus said, even if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery with her. How many times have you looked at a woman with lust? So here you are. You're an adulterer by heart. Even just to look at her with lust or a man with lust, at, at looking at a man with lust, you're already adulterer by heart. What about using... Would you ever use your mother's name in vain? No. A person would normally say no. I, I, how many have used your mother's name in vain? I don't think any of us have used when we are in a bad situation and it's like, ah, Margaret. Where are you, Margaret? I've never done that in my life. I have never done that in my life. Mom, just so you know. But how many times have we used Jesus' name in vain? It's blasphemy. So if you're standing before God in heaven, just for the four out of the ten commandments, guilty or innocent? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Guilty. 
There's a way out. Because Jesus took all our sins upon himself. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to take care of what we deserve. Because the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The payment for our sin is separation from God. And Jesus says, just like in any other court, if you are fined for something and someone says, I'm going to pay for your fine, the judge will say, I accept that, that someone pays for your fine. Even as we would accept the one that paid for our wage, or what we deserve is separation from God. That's death here. We're not talking physical. We're talking spiritual, to be separated from God. And Jesus not only did he die for us, much more than having now been justified or made right by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. This is a third category of people. The ugly. The ones that were enemies. An enemy is someone that is deliberately going against who God is. And I don't know where you're coming from, and maybe that's where you were at at one time, or maybe you are at that place where you say, you know what? I don't believe God. In fact, I'm going to do whatever I can, even against him. I'm an enemy of God. I'm going to come against those that would follow him. I'm going to put them down. I'm going to deride them. I'm going to laugh at them. I'm going to scorn them. I'm going to mock them. Maybe that's where you're at. I don't know. But Jesus died even for enemies to be reconciled to God. Even those that would mock Jesus Christ, he died for you. That we might be saved by his life that was given for us, that we might have life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whether you are good, bad, or ugly. We rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation, to be reconciled with him. That means to have relationship with God. I don't know what category you, st you stick or stand in, but aren't you glad that Jesus has forgiven you of all your sins and he's washed you and he's cleansed you and he's given you life, he's given you hope. Can you say just thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord, for your tremendous love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. To believe in Jesus, his death for you on the cross so that you can have life. This is where I'm at. I say thank you, Lord, that you died for me. I believe in you to take care of my sins so that I can have life and everlasting life. Wow, what a good deal. Thank you, Jesus. The lost are loved. You are loved. I am loved. We are loved. It cost the Father his son on a cross bearing our sins and dying for us so we could have life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The harvest is great. Great harvest out there. The world population as of eight 22 a.m., according to Worldometer, was 8,027,890,745 people. And every time I looked at it, I was trying at 822, I'm trying to write down or, or type down the number, 
And every time I looked at it, it just kept adding. It was like the number was going up so fast. At the end there, 8,027,890,745. As of 8.23 this morning, so as of 8.22, that was the world's population. As of 8.23 a.m., so from 12 a.m. till 8, just in over eight hours, there were 128,000 babies born, 128,389 as of 8.23 a.m. That's pretty cool. In fact, just in the last few days or last week and two or two, little Josiah came into this, onto this planet being carried by his mom for, I think it was 33 weeks. Came a little bit early, but he's at home now. Little Josiah, little Anush came just last week. Praise God for new life. The population growth, the population growth as of 827, and that's not including or it would include those that have died, subtracted from the amount that I gave you earlier of births, was 64,521 as of 827 a.m. this morning. Another 64,000 people were added to the, the population of the earth. It's a great harvest. We have a big harvest of those. Man, the kingdom of God has expanded greatly in the last two 2,000 years. Back then, it was one in, I don't know, the 120 out of the entire Earth's population. Probably about one out of two and a half million people were believers. They say there was half a billion people at the time of Jesus, possibly. One out of two and a half million, I believe, is a, a rough calculation was the number of people that were saved at that time. I would say in 2,000 years, the population of those that are believers are maybe one out of 10. Not so much here in Canada, but I would say in some of the, the, the worst countries of persecution has the largest population of believers. Why? Because when you have nothing else you can trust in, you, you will be directed, God, if you're out there, reveal yourself to me. Most of the believers on the face of this planet are in the lands of persecution. Possibly one out of ten globally are believers in Jesus Christ at this time. There's another 90% that need to come in or we can, we can work on. In about one minute of time, even as I was, I was looking and I'm, I'm jotting down some of these figures, 100 people died. Roughly 100 people die every minute. Deaths to date, as of 8.31 a.m., 19,359,225 people died just between 12 o'clock and 8.30. How many of them made it to heaven? Of the 19 million plus that died today, how many of them may, were believers and were ready to go? We have a task to do. The harvest is ripe now. Now. That we would go out do not say there are still four months and then, the, the, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who repay, reaps may rejoice together. And let us be prepared. When I say, I had somebody come to me this morning say, Pastor, What's, what's the sinner's prayer? Do you have a sinner's prayer? I said, 
Here, three things that you would include in the sinner's prayer. One, I'm a sinner. Two, the solution to, the sin, to this, our sins. I confess and believe that Jesus died, took all my sins upon himself, and he died for me. So I make confession of that. And thirdly, Jesus come into my life. So I confess my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my, for my sins. And I receive, I accept Jesus into my life. Con confess, believe, accept. C-B-A. I'm going to, if I could have the ushers uh, just distribute these on the main floor here. If you want to take more than one, I've got more than one. Can I have a few ushers or a few guys come forward? Can you just distribute these? On the back side are all the scriptures. And put it in your wallet, in your purse. And uh, can I have somebody help Steve on this side? If you want more than one, I have these in my wallet because sometimes I don't have time. Or after sharing, I'll just hand the person this card. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I'm not ashamed. The power of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the religious and also for the intellectual, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. The religious, depending on the law and their own goodness, and the Greek, depending on their intellectual state of mind. For in it, in the gospel, in the sharing of the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Those that are in right standing with God shall live by faith. Praise God. On those little cards, it says, do you want to make it to heaven? On those cards are scriptures. Here's what I want you to do. We're talking about pre uh, preparing. And you might not remember where these scriptures are found the, the address is given. You get on your phone and mark them down or whatever. And every time you have a free moment, see if you can memorize these scriptures. There's about, I don't know, a dozen or so at most. And uh, many of them you know. you know. You may know them already. Can I, am I prepared to share the gospel with others? One of the things that I want to do over the course of the next number of, of weeks, on Wednesday night especially, I want to pray, take time to pray over the course of the next number of weeks, but also I want to take time to, to prepare and equip you to share the gospel, to, to memorize the gospel, whatever. I, this is what I need to do to memorize scriptures. But the main thing that I want to do is, is I want to pray for the harvest, pray to the Lord of the harvest, that we would pray to the Lord of the harvest to bring laborers into the harvest. Let it be me. Let it begin with me. Lord, I want to, I want to see somebody saved this next week. Lord, I want to, the, I've been praying for this individual for a while. Lord, I want to see them saved. Maybe it's, it's a, a brother or sister in your family. Maybe it's a son or daughter that you may have that doesn't know Jesus or, or maybe knows of Jesus, but they're not in the right place. Because the Lord of the harvest, and it, it just hit me in the last few weeks, especially as this, the Lord gave me this, the Lord of the harvest, he is Lord. Above all, he is perfect, he is all-powerful, he is all-wise, he is all-knowing, he loves, he is righteous, he is holy, he is Lord. And so what he does is good. And you say, yes, Lord, I'm just, all we have to do is be willing to be used by the Lord. And the Lord says, I will use you. I will open up the doors for opportunities to come up so that you can share about me with them. I'm prepared, Lord. Every morning when I wake up, Lord, whatever the day may bring, 
I didn't know that on Thursday there would be an opportunity just to, to share of Jesus with somebody. I didn't know that when I woke up. To be prepared, but I'm prepared. That I would be prepared. Lord, whatever the day brings, I want to see people come to know you. The Lord will lead us by his spirit. He will strengthen us. He will empower us. And there will be doors that will be opened. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. It's, it's kind of cool that we were singing about open, an open door. And God opens doors. I know your works, the Lord says about us. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut. Listen, this door for the harvest to come in, no one can shut it because he has decreed that there's a great harvest that is ripe and that needs to be taken in. It is there. We need to take it in. For you have little strength, so we will depend on the Holy Spirit to help us. You have kept my word, and my, his word is, go out and make disciples. Teach them. Baptize them. Teach them. I will be with you right to the end of the age. You have kept my word to go out and have not denied my name. We will share Jesus Christ and him crucified. Share Jesus Christ and him crucified. Tell why he came to take care of all of our sins. To take care of the sins of those that are dead in trespasses and sins. That we would be equipped. Can I have the worship team just come as we close? The harvest is souls that are eternal. 19 million, 19 million people have died so far. Sixty, 64,000 people have died. It's probably about 66,000 people have died today alone. Will they be with Jesus? Will they be with God or apart from him? There's a work that needs to be done. This person that came to me said, hey, can you tell me about what is the sinner's prayer? Well, your mother would know. Jesus, but your mother will know Jesus and she'll be ready to go. Can we stand together? I prayed this on Wednesday night. And just before we pray, this, do you know what? Is God's inheritance? Somebody know what God's inheritance is? We know what our inheritance is. One of the aspects of our inheritance is, is eternal life. But do we know God's inheritance? That you may know what is the hope of his calling, calling of you, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Do you know that when you gave your life to Jesus, you are part of his in inheritance? And he says, the riches, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He loves us so much, and his heart and his desire is I cannot wait for eternity together. I can't wait for eternity together with, with God Almighty. That's his inheritance. We are his inheritance. There's a riches of the glory of his inheritance. I'm going to pray this prayer in a moment. But before I do, is there anybody here you need to give your life to Jesus? Is there anybody here that you need to come back to the Lord? I want to give an opportunity for that to take place. And if there is, if I could have 
you take a bold step. Is there anybody here you need to give your life to Jesus? I want you to, to step forward, if you would. You need to give your life to the Lord. You're dead in trespasses and sins. Is there anybody? May you say, Pastor, I don't know if I can stand or step out in front of everybody. Where everybody here is saved. I'll tell you right now, if everybody here is saved, man, we got to get, we, we have a work to do. That there would be people that would come to know Jesus yet. That we would go out from this place and just say, man, I'm going to be used by God, by his spirit. I'm going to pray a prayer for salvation. And for anybody that's here that's just saying, I don't know, Pastor, I want to talk to you after. We can talk. I want to pray a prayer that if you pray by faith, especially for those that might be watching online, if you're watching and you say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I'm being shaken. I'm, I am dead in trespasses and sins. I need Jesus to forgive me. I need him in my life. So I want to pray a prayer with you. And we do this often. If we can just pray together, can we pray out loud? Jesus, you are the Lord of the harvest. I need to come to you. I need life in you. I need life through you. My sins have separated me from you. And I am dead in trespasses and sins. You came 2,000 years ago for one main purpose to take my sins upon yourself and die for me. I believe that. And even as you rose again and rose to life, I rise to life in you and through you. My faith is in you, Jesus, and what you did for me on the cross. Come into my life and be my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to the Lord, let somebody else know. Let me know. If you don't have a Bible, I want to give you a Bible. I want to give you some information on some steps to take moving forward. Uh, let me know, and I will get you that, or let one of the elders know. Um, if you don't know who an elder is here, see me, all right? Let me know. So, Lord, we pray that even as you are the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I pray that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray not just the spirit of wisdom and revelation that would come in dreams and in visions and, and just thoughts and even through your word or the speaking of your word, but I pray even as you would reveal yourself to me that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened, that I would begin to understand who you are. I would get to know more of who you are in this revelation of you and that I would know what is the hope of your calling? Your calling of me to do the things that you would have me do while I still have my this time here on earth. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do what you've called us to do to bring in that harvest. That we would recognize the riches of the glory of the inheritance in each and every person that is saved that you would call a saint because of who Jesus is to them. Lord, I pray that we would 
that your inheritance would be a mighty inheritance. Lord, the most valuable thing that we can do after giving our own lives to you is to see that others come to know you. This is your inheritance, Lord, that it would be a mighty inheritance yet before you return. And Lord, I pray that the, the power that is great, exceedingly great toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and that seated him on the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. Lord, we pray that same power would be upon us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that we would operate in the power that raised you from the dead, the power that, you, that was flowing from you and led you and, and directed you and guided you, the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon us. And, Lord, that we will move and operate in that great, mighty power in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we submit to you even as you would put all things under your feet, Lord, we submit to your lordship and we give you complete authority in our lives to do all that you would have to do in us and through us and over all the things of the church, the things that we would do together for your glory. Lord, we belong to you. We are your body and that you will fill the fullness of who you are would fill, all, fill us all, with all, and in all. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let it be, let it be, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let's just sing this song, and uh, let's give him glory. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? He is worthy, <laughs> hallelujah. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.